Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
Adam Smith. How are you, man? How are you? How's your family? How's your health? How you doing today, brother? Spectacular, Ramon. How are you, man? Everything is really good on my end. I'm I'm literally I'm having a beautiful conversation this morning. I woke up a little early so I could have a good conversation and I'm sitting on the I'm sitting on the side of the road in Pennsylvania uh en route to do some training this I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey there, buddy. This is Adam Smith, U.S. Army Green Beret, Special Forces, entrepreneur, business owner who's all about one thing, and that's being savage. And Adam, I invite you. You're leading this session, brother. I'm just introducing you to talk to us about, I think, two, three or four things, Adam. A, the aspect of savagery. We've talked about that once or twice, but we have some new people here. What does that mean, Adam? Why is it so important? Number two, love to hear your journey, what brought you to this, not just in the U.S. Army, but things you've gone through in your life and where you're at today, Adam. And I think three, let's talk about this new experience that Scott Simons, who beloved on this platform, who's brought you here, Adam Smith, this initiative, savage initiative that we're putting together to help people be better leaders and protectors for themselves and their families. And by the way, Adam, if Adam goes in and out a bit, as he said, he stopped there on the side of the road in the mountains of Pennsylvania. But this is Adam Smith. And Adam, why don't you pour into us a bit, brother? Talk to us about Savage, your background, et cetera. The mic is yours. Can you can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can remote? hear you well. And if not, I'll, I'll chat and let you know. But just wanted so you know a little bit it's going in and out. But it's 99% perfect. So the mic is all yours to talk to us about. For me, what's that? what does savage even mean? Why is it important? And then who you are and how did you get there? And then what can we learn from you? And then we'll dive into Savage Initiative. Mike's all yours. Well, you, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. So for those of you all who've heard me speak before, you, you all know my background. I, I spent 17 years in the military and most of that time in the Special Forces as a Green Beret. I did some work in the Defense Intelligence Agency. And when I transitioned out of the military, trying to re-identify myself became a great challenge. And I think this is one of the biggest problems that entrepreneurs face in modern modern times is that they 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 keep seeking their quote purpose. Like, oh, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know my why. I don't know my why. I'm, why am I doing what I'm doing? And it's a really hard question to answer because the question the question is always put out there and every time we're looking for some grand existential answer. Like this really big this really big concept, this really big idea that I have to find this giant existential purpose in order for me to get connected to it so that I can do something greater. And it's a, a really interesting conversation because at the end of the day, I, like that, it, it's so simple. Your purpose doesn't have to be this big, complicated, convoluted existential crisis of who you are and finding identity. It's simply as simple as one word. It can, that's how easy finding your purpose is. And so my journey on finding my purpose has been one of, of a, a crap ton of ups and downs from my experience in the military. I, I knew I wanted to join the army or the military when I was like three years old or four years old or five years old. My mom used to tell me that um, when I was in the second grade, I, I drew a book. We did these books in second grade. I still have it, actually. And I drew a book about joining the Air Force and going to the Air Force Academy. And then three years later, I wanted to be in the army as a ranger. And then two years later, I wanted to be a Marine because my grandfather was one. And then two years later, I wanted to be in the Airborne because my other grandfather was an Airborne. Then, then And as the time went on, my what I wanted to do changed. And finally, when I was 15 years old, I made the determination. Like, I know that I'm joining the Army. I want to be a Green Beret. This is what I want to do. And so my entire adult life, I do this thing that I find my identity in. So I, I literally define myself by the color of the hat that I wore on my head. 
And I know there are people listening right now and people in this room right now that define themselves by a trait or an attribute or a physical appearance that they exude, not necessarily content of their character or by the purpose. I can tell you what my purpose is. My purpose is to create impact. It's literally create impact. That's my purpose. That's why I live. And so, can you still hear me? Am I coming in? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, coming to scratch a little bit. I so hear you. That, I'm just affirming. I'm just shouting hallelujah yeah. and saying, yes, preach. <laughs> that, is, that is the thing. I just, I really want to create purpose in, or create impact. And for the longest time, I didn't know who I was. I couldn't identify who I was. And so I got out of the army and it led me down this really dark road. I became super depressed. I identified myself as a Green Beret. That's, that's who I was. That's what I did. And it's who I was. And I put all of my identity into the thing that I did, not into the person that I was and the person that I could truly be. Victor Frankl says a really powerful thing. Victor Frankl says, if we take a man as he is, we make him less. But if we take a man as he could be, then he can become as he should be. And it's this idea that if we seek something higher, if we seek being better, if we seek excellence, and we take ourselves to the place that's truly possible, then we can achieve the heights that we truly want to achieve in the process of getting there. But if we simply take ourselves as being okay, then we will always be less than what we could truly be. And this idea that Viktor Frankl puts out there, man, it, it struck a bell. So when I got out and I went into this deep depression and I was lost, my body didn't function right. It wasn't producing the right hormones. Uh, my wife and I didn't have sex for a very long time. Like at the time we were engaged, we, we, it was almost three, three or four months of almost no physical contact just because I was in such a horrible place. And it led me to writing my suicide note, drinking every drop of alcohol in the house and putting a pistol in my mouth. And the only reason why I'm still here is because I was so drunk, I passed out. And I came to my fiance, who's now my wife, coming in the back door of the house, and I woke up, and I still had a gun in my hand, and I had the suicide note on the table, and so I woke up with a start, and I, I put the gun down, and I cried to grab the suicide note, and of course, she walked in the house, and all she saw was open booze bottles everywhere, and she looked at me, and she's like, well, have you done anything today? Have you, have you done anything today? And I, and, I, and I couldn't tell her. I couldn't tell her what I did. I couldn't tell her what happened. I couldn't tell her that I was on the edge of the verge of being over, being done, and that I had chose in my life today, and that I didn't in my life, and the only reason why I'm here is because I passed out. And I remember her and us getting into this fight, this argument, because she couldn't understand where I was, because I had lost me. And then very shortly after that, literally the next day, I got a phone call from a really good friend of mine, he's a former Navy SEAL, and he said, Adam, he said, he said, hey, dude, uh, I appreciate you calling me on Monday because he didn't pick up the phone. He was busy with work. He said, and I would love to get a beer, but in reality, what are you doing next week? And are you looking for work? And so I said, yes, I'm looking for work. What can I do? The next week we went to Northern Ohio. We were supposed to train 14. We trained 43 law enforcement officers over a period of five days. And when we got done, we came back. Tripp sat in his, in his office, Todd Triplett's his name, sat in his office and he gave me a check for twice as much as what we agreed upon. And he said, this is not up for discussion. This is not up for debate. You're going to take this. You're going to put it in your bank account. You're going to take this money. You're going to pay your bills. You're going to put groceries in your refrigerator. You're going to put gas in your truck. You're going to make sure you have your feet underneath you. 
I can't do this every time, but I'm gonna do it this time. And then he gave me $500 in cash. And he said, this cash is for you and your fiance, your girl to go out this weekend and do whatever it is you want to do. Go get a steak dinner, get some new clothes, whatever it might be. This is my investment to you. I want you to be here and be a part of this company. I love how you deliver your information. I love how you teach and instruct and train. I love the fact that you have the ability to translate things in the way that you do. These are his words. He's telling me, he says, I want you here on Monday. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, that's okay. If you're in, I'll see you on Monday. And then, like now, I had tears in my eyes. And he looked at me and he said, it's okay. I know where you are. I've been there. I know exactly where you are. And so to all of you that are listening right now, I just want you to know that it's okay. I know where you are. I know wherever you are in your journey of entrepreneurship, I know wherever you are in your journey in life. I know where you are. I've been there. I know the pain. I know how much it hurts. I know how much it hurts and how overwhelmed the feelings become and how tired and exhausted that you get. And when you sit down at the end of the day and you feel like nobody truly understands what you're going through, I'm telling you, I get it. And I want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone in those feelings of exhaustion. You're not alone in those feelings of loneliness. You're not alone in those feelings of sadness. And you're not alone in those feelings of anxiety. You're not alone. And Monday I showed up. Monday I showed up and I went to work. I became the director of training for a company called Norse Tactical and over the next three years or so, I trained close to 10,000 law enforcement officers across the United States. And the number one thing we taught our law enforcement officer brothers and sisters is how to slow down. This is what's so crazy. This idea of savagery. We think that being savage or aggressive or anything along those lines is about speeding up, but it's not. Think about the last moment of chaos that you were truly in. The thing when you, a situation that happened in your life when you, you literally legitimately thought maybe you're going to get in a fight or you were in a fight or you got into a car accident. Think about that moment. Did it speed up or did it slow down? It always slows down. The moment always slows down. The moment always gets us to a point and then literally right when we're there, right when, when it's about to happen, everything slows down and we can remember almost to a T what the, the print, the stain on the color, the t-shirt of the person across from us was that was getting ready to punch us in the face. And I realized when I was teaching these law enforcement officers that they not only did they had to slow down to be able to go faster, they had to slow down so that they weren't making all the mistakes they were making. They had to slow down so they could make it home to their family. What I realized is that my purpose wasn't and my identity wasn't wearing the hat that I wore in the army. My identity wasn't a green beret. It was a thing that I did. It gave me tools. It helped me learn assets and tools that I could deliver to other people. It helped me become a better version of me. But the reason why I became a Green Beret, not my identity, I'm not a Green Beret. I'm the fucking man that chose to volunteer to be 1% of 1% and realize that quit is not an option. Preach! Preach! Wow. And so... Now we find ourselves in this place. There was a huge transition in my life. There was a multitude of steps that I had to take to get to where I am now. And every step was another steep learning curve. I don't do things halfway. I do things all the way. And some of you listening, I think, are probably very similar to that. And the all the way that I do things is uh, open CrossFit gym with a buddy of mine. And then I bought him out. And then I took the sole ownership of the CrossFit gym. No, no problems. Just wanted to do it. The CrossFit gym was greatly successful for a very short period of time. And then I realized I don't want to do the CrossFit gym thing. Like, I love going to the gym. I love being fit. I love working out. But I don't want to do that thing. 
And so I ended up selling the CrossFit gym for a loss because I wanted to be out of it. And I shifted into corporate America and helped the, uh, um, helped a cannabis company, a publicly traded cannabis company that's now through its IPO and created some um, US facing brands. You guys can look them up if you want. Tactical Relief is a hemp derived CBD product specifically formulated for veterans and first responders to help treat post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury. Um, what Man, I have a small blacksmith forge. I uh, helped, I started the Savage Initiative with um, Scott Simons. I have my own company, Savage Freedoms. Uh, I'm doing work with John Paramore out in St. Louis, and uh, we're doing uh, we're doing experiences and, and business consulting uh, out there. Like ev- everything I've done up to this point has been a new learning experience, and I've had a lot of failures along the way. And that's the conversation around savagery that I want to have. I want to talk about this concept of savage. There is a, a, an energy, a piece, an aspect, an attribute, a trait inside of every single one of us that is this, this trait that gets shit done. It is the get shit done trait. It is the piece inside of you that when you wake up in the morning, you want to grab a raw steak off a plate and just tear into it. Like it's the savage piece. And it's the piece that's been demonized the most. And we hear it all the time. Once you step into the light, you're never, you can never go back to the dark. Once you're, once you are born and awake into the greatness of a power greater than yourself, you never, you, you will never have to go back to the dark. And I don't even like the term light and dark because it gets into a place that's weird. But the concept of savagery, I look and understand the concept of savagery is the ability to wield aggression and anger and violence in such a way that becomes a tool and it doesn't take it into this place of destruction. Ultimately anger and savagery is the energy of change, right? Anger is the energy of action. And the reason why it's the energy of action is because whatever we're experiencing in the moment, we want it to change. If we're afraid, we oftentimes become angry. And the reason why we, be, we become angry is because we want the fear to not be there anymore. So again, we, we, we want something to change. We want to take action to shift. If we're, if we're afraid, fight or flight. Why? Because usually we get angry and then we have to take action. If we get angry because we're in an argument with someone and we're not being heard, we take action. Usually it's our anger. We either walk away or we become more aggressive, but it's because we want something to change. And that's where I see anger is the energy of of action and savagery is the energy of change because being a savage is the thing that you have to do to change the situation to something different. Imagine your kid playing in the street. And they're, and they're going to get hit by a car. Are you going to gingerly walk into the street and tell your child, hey, please get out of the road? Or are you going to run out into the middle of the road and either tackle, throw, or snatch your child up to get them out of the road? And in the process, you might hurt them. That is the savage energy of change. And it can be wielded as a tool and as an asset. It doesn't have to be some destructive force. It doesn't have to be the energy of chaos. And so there's a balance. All too often we think, oh, positivity is good. And it is. Positive action is good. And it is. And like, oh, people people are people pleasers. Like, this is the energy of being a saint. And all too often in that saintly energy, we drive ourselves into a place where we become a martyr to the desires of everyone else. And we lose the ability to take action for the things we truly want. And so the idea of Savage Freedoms, when it was originally born, the com- my, my company outside of Savage Initiative, was the idea to free the savage within and wield that energy as a powerful energy of change. It becomes a tool, not a chaotic force of destruction. Which leads us to Scott Simons. 
Scott and I had a conversation, and it's a conversation about protection. I drove up to Virginia, and I sat in Scott's office, and I, I got introduced to Scott by a mutual friend of ours who's a phenomenal person. His name is John Toronto. He's a phenomenal man. And we're sitting in the office having a conversation, and Scott and I have very similar mentality. And I believe that as a good American citizen, and some of you may disagree with me, and that's okay. You don't have to agree. This is the beautiful thing about this place. We can agree and disagree, and we can agree to disagree, and it's beautiful. But we believe in, in this country as Americans, we have to learn how to be good citizens. And if you think about the concept of a good citizen from the past, a good citizen is someone who upholds the beliefs, upholds the ideas, upholds the, the, the freedoms and liberties and practices them on a regular basis that has been granted to us by living in this wonderful country. And part of that is protection, personal protection, business protection, financial protection. All of those things come into play. And so we created the Savage Initiative. And the Savage Initiative is a three-day experience where we bring people together and they have an opportunity to have a conversation around business and leadership. And then we have a conversation around what personal protection truly looks like. And we introduce people to firearms who's never been experienced, oftentimes haven't been introduced to firearms. And then we teach people what hand-to-hand self-defense looks like and, and how that functions and operates. The fact of the matter is, is that if you call yourself a protector, and when you say that, and you talk about being a protector, and you've never trained to protect, you are not an asset, you are a liability. You're a liability to your family, you're a liability to your community, you're a liability to yourself. Just like business, we teach ourselves, we train ourselves to action and function on a regular basis. We learn what KPIs are, what P&Ls are. We go through the entire laundry list of all these different things, and we train ourselves to be better in business. And then we identify a deficiency. We go, hey, I have a deficiency here. I'm going to hire a subject matter expert to teach me about this piece of business so that I can become better. We hire marketing strategists. We hire branding strategists. We hire, we hire CFOs, like people that are really good at what they do. So we can protect our business and protect ourselves financially. But the conversation around physical protection is never had. How can you protect your family financially if you are no longer here? How can you protect your family financially if they are no longer here? We cannot prepare for every eventuality, but the concept of Savage Freedoms and the Savage Initiative is that it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. The individual that can show up prepared for any possibility simply because they have trained their mind on how to think and function, and they have trained their body to respond to high stress and high stress environments and high stress threats. That person is a person that I want to have around me in all aspects of life. I want that person in business with me. I want that person not by my side as a friend with me. I want that person. I want that person to be involved in a lot of stuff that I do. I want warrior-minded mentality. I want warrior-minded people around me all the time because they are the people that have the ability to think in the gray, not in the black and white. And if you limit yourself to thinking in just the black and white, then no matter what you do, you will always seek the right and wrong. You will never understand that when it comes to business or when it comes to relationship, it's not about right and wrong. It's about working and not working. And the savage energy is about taking action to change what's not working in order to make it work. And if you want to play the game of right and wrong, you can. And I promise you, no matter what, you will lose. When it comes to your relationship, if you demand that you're right and your spouse or significant other is wrong, congratulations, you won and you fucking lost. 
if you're tr trying to play the game of right and wrong inside of your business and you the solution has to be right because the process to get to the desired end state is is the thing you become addicted to and your answer has to be right hey you know what you might have won but more than likely you lost because you you cannot ever get so focused on the process that you forget about the target and the last piece of all of this which is the piece i love the most is that emotional reactions are not logical responses. And when we allow fear and anger and aggression and these other, and even happiness and joy, when we allow these energies to dictate our actions or inactions, especially the, especially the emotion of fear, when we let that feeling dictate our action or inaction, then we are literally giving in to the chaos of what the savage can do. But if we recognize that we have fear, if we recognize that we have anger, if we recognize that we have these emotions and we pause and we evaluate the why and how, and we look at the situation in its totality and we train our body and our mind to respond and we train our body and our mind to think through the gray solution rather than the black and white solution, then we have the ability to be prepared for the situation when it presents itself. And we have the ability to wield that energy, that fear, that anger, that aggression. We have the ability to wield it away from chaos and into creation. And that is, that is, that is the concept. That's the reason why we do what we do. We do what we do so people become better assets for their, themselves, their families, and their communities. Because protection is more than money. Wow. Wow. Adam, this was a TED Talk masterclass I am overwhelmed and amazed in a freakingly good way. Uh, wow, the chat is lit up, Adam. Keep lighting the chat up. And by the way, I want to say three things. If you want Adam to speak at your next event, just DM Adam. DM me. Adam wants to spread this message to stages across the world. So that's one. If you want Adam on your stage, DM him, DM me. We would love to bring Adam's message across the world to your stage, too. If you want Adam to share this message on your podcast, on your platform, DM Adam, DM me, email us, find us. We're not that hard to reach. We would love to have Adam on your podcast bringing this message. Adam, two questions I want to ask before we open up, and then I want to dive into specifically Savage Initiative. Uh, one of our participants of Savage Initiative, Adam, uh, Teen, I believe her name was, she talked about, and this is pretty much a lot of the BWC crew, Adam, she's a badass. She's not some you know wallflower. She knows her stuff. She, she's a tough woman. But she said she came through Savage Initiative, and the thing was she didn't really know her limit, and I think you teach, but these are my words, not yours. You're the teacher here, Adam, that she has bigger limits, as it were, than she thought she had once she went through this. Unpack that, Adam, and help me help translate what she meant because she said, I came in. I wasn't some sitting there sucking my thumb girl. No, 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 no. But after Savage Initiative working with you, this three-day experience we have, and people can click on the link, by the way, click on the link and fill out the read through it, fill out the form if you want more information, want to sign up. We have 16 seats for our next course, and then 16 seats for the one after there, limited attendance. But Adam, what did Tina meant when she said, I knew I was okay, I, I, was, I was good, but after Savage Initiative, I knew I could do better. Help us understand that, Adam. Dude, Tina, Tina is a badass. Tina is absolutely spectacular. She's, she's such a good person. She has such a good heart. And, and if Tina was in the room, I would say the exact same thing uh, because I told her this in person, we were there and Tina has gotten away 
with using certain attributes and traits of her personality, her charm, and of her, we'll say, feminine wiles to, to stay in a place that's comfortable. And by that I mean, and everybody in, in, in the room right now that's listening, you, you all can understand the same concept. There's a place that we get to where we have found a sense of comfort, a comfort in the ability to perform, a comfort in the ability to show up, a just in general, a comfort in how our life is going. And there's nothing wrong with, with that if that's what you want. If, if what you want is to be right where you are, then don't do anything else and just do exactly what you're doing and stay right where you're at. If that's what you want, great. Be in that place. If that's not what you want and you want to challenge your ability to, to be better, to grow, to gain more progress in your life, to grow your business, to grow yourself personally, then you have to seek discomfort. And ultimately, Tina and I had this conversation and Tina, 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 she looked at me, she literally, so Tina got really upset. We were doing, um, we were doing hand to hand training and personal defense training. And Tina got really upset because Tina, if you guys have never met her, she's pretty short. She's a, she's a small, smaller lady, shorter lady. And, uh, and she's, and she's, she's getting frustrated because she doesn't feel like she can perform. And this is the piece. She finds comfort and being able to perform at a high level in a very narrow lane. And when she steps outside of that very narrow lane, her discomfort goes through the roof and she'd rather not do because she's afraid of failing or not performing and then revert back to the old stuff. Hey, there she is. She just came in as a listener. That's awesome. Tina, what's up, girl? <laughs> I just brought and your so, name up, Tina. Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> Tina, we're, your ears must be burning. We're talking about you right now. And so, and so she, she and she is, she's, she's so tough and she's so good at what she does. But as soon as she steps outside of that space and she gets uncomfortable, she, she doesn't want to pursue it because there is a fear of failure. There is a fear of not performing. And so, and Tina's in here and she'll tell you, Tina, just do me a favor, drop it in the chat and tell them if I'm lying or not. And so literally I looked at Tina and we're standing underneath this little, this little, um, this, I don't know what you would call it, like a, an overhang piece of a little roof anyway, a tin shed. And I looked at Tina and I said, look, the problem is, is that you've gotten comfortable getting away with what you've gotten away with. And I'm not going to let you get away with it here. So you have a couple options. If you want to quit, go get on the bus. If you don't want to quit and you want to recognize that you're uncomfortable right now and that's okay, then toughen the fuck up because you are already tough and you're already doing it. You just want to continue to give yourself permission to go sit on the sideline because you're afraid of not performing here. And she looked at me, she looked at me in the face and she said, fuck you, Adam. And she walked away <laughs> and she walked away. And about 30 seconds later, she walked back out and rejoined training. And that was the shift. That was the pivot. And, and, and that's, and that's exactly what it was. It was about recognizing that she had gotten comfortable in doing what she does and that she hadn't pushed herself into another level of discomfort. And there's something to be said. If you're okay with where you are, be where you're at. If you are okay with where you are, be where you're at. If you want to do something different and you want it, truly want it, prove it, prove it with your actions. This is what I tell people all the time. This is what I tell people all the time. Show me your actions and I'll prove what you want. Because if the actions that you're taking are not putting you in a place to be better and truly drive after what you want, then you don't really want it. You're just, you're just speaking. You're just talking words. It's just air. It's just information that does nothing. It goes nowhere. You're throwing it into the ether. But you show me with your actions and prove to me that that's what you want. I'll acknowledge it and support you 100%. And that, that was the shift for Tina. It was fucking beautiful. It was absolutely spectacular. 
Adam, I love this. Tina, I want to invite you to share for one second here, Tina, but hold on. And by the way, if you're interested in what Adam's talking about, you can just go to the link right there on your on this, on the Clubhouse, savageinitiative.com slash LPE, but just go to the link. Click that link. There's an application form, not an application form, just an interest form. If you're interested in more information, just fill that out real quick. Me and Adam and Scott will get it. We'll evaluate that and get back to you on the dates and details for the next experience uh, that we're going to have. And again, most, many of us, and by the way, those of you who served in the military, Christine and others, thank you for your service. So you've gone through some or a portion, you have a taste of this, but many of us who have not, we haven't gone through this. And even those of you who've already served, you, it may be years ago or whatever, and you want that again to bring that savagery out. And I like how Adam said it, uh, you know, if, if you're not trained in this, if you're not developing this, if you're not pushed, you don't know your next level. So we're going to open up for questions and answers in a bit. But Tina, if you're available, if you're able, I don't know where you're at right now, but I'd love to hear your comments on the experience, Tina. But just what you learned, talk to the people about what you went through and, and tips for them. Go for it, Tina. Welcome. Hey, Ramon. Thank you. And thank you, Adam. I'm so glad you pushed me that day because I was, it was because I was afraid of being, uh, it, it comes back down to my childhood. And those moments of, and I want to tell people this because I won't take long, but when I was young and I struggled, this was like elementary and I struggled in school and I remember not being very good in any subjects because we moved so much. I could never catch up with where the, each school was at. So every, I moved seven times in my elementary school years and Every time we moved, I was like, okay, now where are we at? Okay, I'm not there. <laughs> and I was always afraid to ask questions because I never got comfortable with the new school. And so I'd just be quiet. And, um, and I always felt like if I asked questions, I'd be called stupid because no one else had questions. <laughs> Why am I the only one that has questions? So um, anyway, my dad would get frustrated with me. And my dad would say, Why aren't you getting this? Why are you so stupid? And he just did it out of frustration because math came so easy for my dad. He's just like this mathematical genius. And I would just like, it would just go over my head. I don't know if I was thinking of the thoughts because I was worried about, you know, we didn't have much food. We were very poor. Like there was other circumstances going on. So my life was just very, it was very complex. But, and, and that, those things bless me. You know, they serve me now because I'm very compassionate for other people. But um, it hurt me in the fear of failure. And so it's held me back a lot. And so now I have to realize, and it's that self-awareness of, okay, it's this that's holding me back. I have to push because I've had a lot of wins, but it's been people like Adam and like Ramon, you're so great at pushing people and Scott Simons and all these other mentors, my husband, Mike Oberfeld and Liza and Danielle Delgado and all these wonderful mentors that I've had in my life that have told me, you can do it, you can do it. And that's the real reason, like, I am where I am today. I love that. Tina, I, Thanks for sharing. Go ahead, Adam. Tina, please. Well, I was going to say, you know, here's the thing, and I think what you said was really powerful. Tina, what you, you said was is you have these mentors that said you can do it, you can do it. The fact of the matter is, and I think everyone just, – I just want everyone to listen very closely. This is really important. You already know you want it. You already know you can do it. You're just afraid to give yourself permission to go. And yeah. that, that, that was the number one thing that I experienced with you, Tina, was that you, you could do it. You knew you could, you just, you were just, it, it just was hard. It was just hard. It was and, hard. And, it, and, and, and you were nervous and you didn't mm -hmm. want to fail and you wanted to perform. Right. Yeah. 
I was afraid what of was the, stupid what, and not knowing what to do. Yeah. And what and was, the, being what was the, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what was, what was the only form of failure that there was in that moment? Do you remember we talked about it? Just not finishing. Yeah. Quitting. That was literally like quitting. Tr- truly quitting is the only form of failure there is. That, right. That's ultimately it. If you're willing to just keep going, if you're willing to shift your perspective and shift, even if you're pissed off, even if you're angry, if you're willing to continue to move forward. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Forward, then you're gaining progress. That's not that's not failure. Failure is quitting, giving up hundred yeah. percent, and you didn't fail. You 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 killed it. Thank you, Adam. And I I would have been so mad at myself if I quit. So thank you. Thank you for you know making me more aware of what I was doing to myself. <laughs> I love you, Tina. Thank you. I appreciate it. Love you, too. Bye. Oh, I love this. Tina, stay with us. And I see Mike and Keith here. I'm going to invite you gentlemen to talk about it for one second. I just see I see interest forms coming in already, Mike. Already, Adam, sorry. People are like, oh, I want to know about Savage Institute. I want to be a part of this experience. So, again, just click on that form, the interest forms for Savage Initiative, the three-day experience to push yourself. You guys are already amazing people. But if you want to be more amazing, if you want to know what you're true, uh, the new limits, as it were, that's the wrong word, but I think you all know what I'm saying, Adam says it best just click on that link we want to serve you and bring this experience that adam has talked about that scott has talked about leadership savagery protection we want to help you do that so click that link and do that we have events coming up in july and then i think adam there'll be one or two more there and we'll give you those full details on the investment and things like this mike if you have you have a space you could be driving traveling or keith i see you blinking too keith if you want to brothers just unmute i'd love to hear your input either about mike i think you've shared something about tina keith i see you unmuting keith so the mic is yours go for it brother share with us please introduce yourself absolutely good morning everyone keith gauze here jacksonville florida um so i have a similar background to adam special operations command uh air force adam by the way i heard you brother you said you wanted to join the air force so you can never give me any more shit about joining the air force i'm not (laughs) okay so that that's rule number one always look cool i heard it um but You know, I myself came out of the military, three helicopter crashes, and had a, had a little bit of an easier route finding my identity. I knew I wasn't done in the flesh of the adrenaline, of the serving, and the protection. So what I did was I joined a local sheriff's office, Jacksonville Sheriff's Office up here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I immediately went, uh, you know, when they ask you as you're coming through of their form of basic training, Hey, where do you want to work? I said, hey, I want to work where the most shootings and the most, you know, hardcore crime is. That's where I want to be. Uh, so didn't quite work out that way. My very first shift, I got snagged off patrol and I got placed into undercover narcotics. And then I went on to a full-time SWAT team unit. So <clears throat> guns and training and, um, you know, just being self-aware of my surroundings has always been a part of me. So fast forward 20 years, I, you know, I left that and uh, entered the world of entrepreneurship almost 15 years ago. So I thought I still had it. I thought my mechanics were still good. I thought my shooting was still accurate. I can probably 
you know, without practice, still out shoot nine out of 10 people standing next to me. But what I found and what I was reminded of going to Savage Initiative was you have to continue to train. Doesn't matter how good you think you are. Doesn't matter how often you train. If you stop training, you become inefficient. And so going into Savage, um, you know, my huge takeaways, huge takeaways, and I think Adam hit on it perfectly before was savagery is not a quick response, right? It doesn't have to be this zero to 100 right out of the gate. It is slow, methodical movements practiced over time that get you to that quick response. And if you don't have practice at trigger pull, at breathing, at eyesight, at the small things, you're going to be slow, ineffective, and you're going to end up dead. And so that, that to me was a really good reminder, uh, getting punched in the face, you know, as metaphorically speaking, was just, it was just awesome. It was a great takeaway. So since then, right, the other piece to this is, okay, now you go through this experience, what are you going to do? Oftentimes we go through this experience. We have four or five days of this. Ah, oh, we feel top of the world. We get back home. We get punched in the mouth. Nothing happens. I immediately came home, joined a gun club. That's about four. I don't know, a four minute walk from my house. Uh, I bought more weapons. I loaded up on ammo. I started working out again. Just a lot of little shifts create efficiencies that were compounded from savage initiative so if you guys think that you're the best you think you're on top of your game you have to go to this event not only are you going to learn you know great business great tactical defense and protection but you're also going to have a band of brothers you know i think there were adam you can correct me if i was wrong there's probably 12 to 16 of us at this event if tina was there adam I talk to every single one of those guys every week. So not only are you getting applicable, you know, real life things that you can bring home to your family to be a better husband, excuse me, a better, you know, better wife, mother, whatever it is you might identify as in in your family. But if, if you, if you continue to implement and continue to practice, you're going to level up in so many areas of your life. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, If you're on the edge of thinking about going, get your ass a seat, show up. I don't care how good you think you are. Go with open ears and a closed mouth. Listen, learn, take it all in. But even more importantly, go home and execute, implement. And, uh, you know, good things are going to happen. So, Adam, love you, bro. Appreciate it. And I'm out. Appreciate you, Keith. I appreciate that, man. I I really do. You you said something I thought was really good, and it's really true. It's slow methodical consistent action over time everybody thinks that to take quote unquote massive action we have to we have to create these huge results over a short period of time but the fact of the matter is i always tell this from everybody look there's no such thing as quote unquote advanced tactics right like you could free fall from the space station get on the ground infill to your target but when you have to pull the trigger or you have to utilize your weapon system it's still the same fundamental mechanics that are being applied and it doesn't matter where that shows up in like and some of you all like I, some people may be averse to weapons and that's okay but there's something about being on a shooting range and shooting and translating that to all all aspects of life and business that i find so rewarding 
because it does. It reinforces how you show up. And I promise you guys, you go to an event, you go to an experience, how you show up there is how you show up everywhere in your life. And if you want to be better, you have to challenge yourself to be out of your comfort zone. You have to challenge yourself to identify what it is to be a better leader. How can you become a better leader? How can you become a better mentor? How can you lead, train, and mentor the people around you in order for you, especially if you're a CEO, in order for you to work yourself out of a job? And I had a question, and I want you as an entrepreneur, everybody listening to this call, you don't have to answer it. I just want you to think about this. Why is it that so many times when new entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that have been in the game for a while, why is it that they believe they have to have all the answers? If you're the one with all the answers, then you've already reached the highest height that you can reach by yourself. So if you, again, want to grow and be better, if you want to grow and and create more revenue, if you want to grow and create more profit, if you want a bigger business and you want to create more impact with your business, then you, you cannot be the person with all the answers in the room. You have got to be the person that brings all the people with all the answers to you because that's how you expand your ability to operate and function. You do it by, with, and through subject matter experts, coaches, mentors, peers, employees, and a badass leadership team. And that's how you move forward. It's the same way you do it in family. You don't operate inside your family because you're the sole leader of your family. You are op- you operate as a leader inside your family and you do it with another leader by your side, which is your significant other. And then you both support one another and you utilize each other's assets because neither one of you truly have all the answers. God knows when my baby girl was born, I had no freaking clue what it was to be a dad. I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to raise a kid. Guess what? My wife doesn't either. But we both have assets we get to lean on one another and utilize those assets in order for us to become a better team. Even if that team has problems, even if there are issues within the team, because there always will be. Just consider that question. Why do you have to have all the answers? Why is it that you think you're the smartest person in the room? I love that, Adam. That is powerful, powerful, powerful. Mike, I'd love to come to you in about 10 seconds, Mike, if you're able, if you're uh, available to uh, speak. And then I want to open up the floor to Q&A or questions for Mike or any, or, or rather Adam or anybody else who's on the stage here. Uh, do click that link if you're interested in coming to the Savage Initiative. Definitely click that link. You can read more details about it, the interest form. Uh, Scott Simons and Adam Smith producing this leadership and protection experience so we can bring out uh, our Savage. You've already heard Adam said it so well. Keith, thanks for what you shared. Tina, thanks for what you shared. And I just want to say one thing mike and return to you that was funny i was watching a video with adam and adam told somebody (laughs) they were doing weapons training adam said dude stop it you're not in control you're trying to have control but you don't have control i'm in control so hold it properly (laughs) do you remember that adam something like that you said (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was a it was a guy so the guy that i was talking to uh we had identified over the last three days he he has a control issue and so whenever you give him an instruction or whatever you give him anything, he takes it and then he, he, he attempts to, to, to control the totality of what's happening, every little piece of what's happening. And so he, he constantly wants to wield this place of being in control of everything. He's that guy I was referencing, the guy that had to have all the answers and everything had to be his way. And he was addicted to the solution. He was addicted to the process, not the target. And, and so when we were in the process of teaching firearms, like this is, that's my world. That's where I live. And because that's my world, when I give you an instruction, I want you to do follow my instruction to a T. 
So every time I every time I gave him a piece of instruction, he would want to do his way. So I was just like, hey, dude, you're not in control here. I'm in control here. And if you want to be in control, then you can give me that. You can give me your pistol and you can leave and you can go sit in the control in the corner and control yourself in your chair. But while we're here, you're going to follow my instructions to a T so you can learn what it is to be better in this piece. You're going to learn this tool. Now, at the end of the day, you don't have to use the tool. That's the beautiful part. You never have to use any of the lessons that you learn if you don't want to. You're welcome to keep doing what you do. You're welcome to continue to live your life however you want to live. And if you ever meet anybody to say that this is the way, not a way, listen to them. They might have something valid to say. And also remember that if you're operating inside of the world of the gray space, then there is a way. And it's the way that works best for you in that place. So if you're good with where you are, keep being there. If you want to be better, then you got to make a change. That's when you have to be savage. Wow, I love it. Mike, thanks for being here, brother. Mike, tell everybody a bit about who you are, and I love your comments, what Tina said, or anything else that you've heard today, because I know you are a savage dude as well. Mike, good to get to know you here on this platform, though, brother. The mic is all yours. Are you able to share, Mike? I know you, I heard some noise from you, so you could be fiddling with the mic, could be trying to get grab your phone that dropped into the toilet, or trying to flip some toast for somebody, whatever it is. But Mike, when you're here, just unmic and say your name, and we'll bring you up. But anybody else want to comment? Let's talk about that. Adam Smith is here with Savage Initiative, and so many things he does as an entrepreneur, business owner, and more. Unmic, say your name clearly. Ask Adam that question, comment. We got about 13 more minutes to go. The mic is yours. I heard somebody unmicing. It's very lit. Mary Lynn, the mic is yours. Go, dear. Thank you. So I have a conundrum, Adam, and I just think maybe oh, the dog's going to bark. Let me grab her. Um, so I actually have been shot in a robbery, and it nicked my femoral artery. And so if you know what that means, I, I, I'm here by millimeters. And, you know, it kind of, it never really haunted me, but fast forward. My son was two at the time. Now my son is 26. He has guns. My boyfriend has guns. I'm not opposed to guns. I just have this thing that I feel like I can't get over where they both want me to have one. I'm not, again, opposed to them. They have arsenals, actually, pretty cool. But I'm afraid if I have one in my hand, I just won't know what to do. So I'm sure that would help someone like me, but I can't get to the event right now. So what, could you give me any words of advice? Cause I have been battling with this, especially the last six months. Oh yeah, absolutely. First of all, Marilyn, I really appreciate the question because there's a lot of people who have similar fears, right? It's not that they're opposed. It's just that they, there's a thing inside that it's hard for them to get over. And so, uh, Mary Lynn, I just want to, just want to ask you a question. Have you ever gone shooting with your son or with your, your, was it, you say your husband or your boyfriend? Uh, it's my boyfriend, but no, I haven't. And again, I'm not opposed to it. It just like hasn't come to me in, in this time. And now lately, uh, everyone's talking about it more. And, you know, um, I, I want to go. So it's not even that I don't want to go shooting, but I guess I just haven't. So yeah, I, I well, just think it may be a hang up. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and I would say there's something to be said here. Like consider, consider that you haven't gone because you, you haven't ever chosen to go because of what the hangups that you have around it. And I can understand that completely. A very good friend of mine. Um, she was actually at the airport and um, it was when the, there was a, an incident at an airport when a guy came in with a machete and he also had Molotov cocktails and he threw the Molotov cocktails and he had already struck two people with the machete um, at the uh, security line and um, law enforcement officers engaged the individual. They ended up, they ended up, um, 
uh, eliminating the threat. But but all of this happened, and he he was going at, he literally was walking down to strike my buddy um, who was there with her daughter. And so, uh, and so she had this really big hang up with firearms as well because of this traumatic experience. What I recognize is this, Marilyn, the things, sometimes the things that traumatize us, sometimes the experiences that we have, we, we, we avoid ever being around those things or people of that, of that manner because of the external stimuli. I hate the term triggers and I don't want to use the term trigger because it's overused. Um, and that external stimuli, it creates bad emotional responses inside of us, right? It creates emotional responses that make us really uncomfortable. And uh, sometimes, especially with post-traumatic stress, it puts us back in a place where we live, relive that experience and we don't want to relive it. What I would tell you, Mary Lynn, is this. Just like a pen, when you write on paper that you're proficient at, you became proficient at it and you're competent and confident. And the reason why you're confident with using your pen is because you're competent in how it works, and so what I would recommend, and, and this is, and Mary Lynn, send me a, send me a private message anytime that you want to have a conversation offline and I will send you my contact information and we can talk about this at length because I, I, this is one of my favorite things. The way that you overcome that is you empower yourself to utilize or wield the thing that you, that scares you. It becomes a tool. Every time you choose to avoid it, you give it power. Every time you choose to avoid that thing, you give that thing power over you because you're letting it dictate the choices of your life. And in reality, it's not, if it's not a thing for you and you don't want to do it, that's cool. If it's a thing that you have an interest in, because it sounds like you're interested in it, you're just not sure how to get over it, then I would say learn how it operates and functions. Recognize and understand that it is just an innate me mechanical thing that sits and doesn't move until it's utilized or wielded by an individual who can utilize or wield it. And if you're afraid, if you're afraid, the best way to become unafraid is to train and train your ass off make it a part of who you are with regards to how you show up in everything that you do. It doesn't matter if it's shooting or being in the gym or having a really good business. If you want to be a badass marketer, then you have to practice and train on what mark, what badass marketing looks like. It's the same concept. Seek competence so that you can become confident. Does that I hope that answers your question? Mary Lynn? It does. And I think the thing is, I just have to get started. And I'm sure if anybody else has a fear like me and can get to your event, it would help them immensely. So maybe I can't do the next one, but, you know, maybe down the road, I, I'm glad that you are on the platform and, you know, part of this group. Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll have another one. I think we'll have another one in uh, September. And then also I think we'll have one in October. And Maryland, feel free to still fill out the form so you can be uh, connected to Adam. I mean, you can reach out to him anyhow you want, but feel free to go to Savage Initiative, that form in the Clubhouse link, fill that out so we can be in touch with you if you wish. And anybody who's maybe you're saying there's three times of people here, hey, I'm not ready for it in July. No, you can't make it. Still fill out that form, fill out the link so we can send you details. Or you'll say, I'm not even sure about this. There's a lot of thought leadership and things we'll be sending to you about the savage lifestyle that Adam talked about. So feel free still to fill that out. And in, in the form, you can just say, hey, yep, one information on July or want information on future ones, or I just want to be connected more to what you all are doing, the savage life we're talking about, and leadership and protection. With that, anybody else want to unmike and just say hi, get some input from Adam. We have six minutes to go. I don't know if Glenn Lundy's coming on today or who else, but I know the team back there knows who's doing what, and I will turn it over to them in one second. What's up, Dr. Janie Lacey? What's up, David Hill? What's up? Who wants to unmike? Six minutes to go. Talk to Adam Smith about the savage life and anything else you want to talk to him about. Unmike, say your name. Let's go. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? All right. Well, I got a follow-up question for you, Adam. 
as well. Can you talk to uh, the two types of people or more, Adam, that I uh, see on the platform, those who maybe have some previous background experience, those who look like jacked up and tatted like Keith, and then those of us like me. I look like Urkel, people say. Um, you know, I've not had law enforcement or military training. Talk about those two different types of people that you may deal with and train at Savage Initiative or otherwise, those who have experience, those who are gruff and jacked up and been through this, and people like me. I sit at a computer, brother, no shame, for the last much years of my life. I've not been in the mud and muck. Talk to those two types of people. Well, it's, it's more than just two types of people. It's all sorts of people. You have people that we had guys come through that have, have never shot or haven't shot in a really long time. We have people that come through like Keith, who've got a background, um, who have some experience in it. But the one commonality with everyone that came through the experience and, and everyone that I've talked to that's interested, the one common thing is they recognize that uh, challenging themselves, they recognize that they're not where they want to be, and they recognize that they want to be better. And that's the commonality. So you, you literally, it doesn't matter if you've it doesn't matter if you've ever shot or or if you've shot a bunch. It doesn't matter if you have done mixed martial arts or jujitsu or muay thai or any sort of any sort of combatives. It doesn't matter if you've ever done it or you've never done it. Um, it, it doesn't matter if you just want to show up and learn. That's that's who we want. We want people that want to show up and learn and recognize that these things are not they're not the demons that they're made out to be. They are, the firearms are tools and they're assets, just like all of the attributes of your character, all the attributes and traits that you have, all the energies that you can portray. And, and that's, that's really what it boils down to. And so if you're afraid, good, show up. If you're not afraid, good, show up. Um, and it's the same way with all of it. Somebody had said, somebody said something in the chat uh, real quick, Ramon, that I wanted to go back and touch on real quick. Um, absolutely. Look for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Scroll that. What was the, uh, what was the trigger? What was the point for you? Let's see. It was, a lot uh, of... Oh, right here. Uh -huh. Angela Heath. Angela Heath said, uh, that's where I'm at now. I know I can, but crossing that I'm finding so hard. Quitting is not an option. She was talking about, she knows she can. And also she's afraid of going forward. And that's the, that's the biggest piece that I want everyone to remember and take away. And that is if you want something, prove it with action. And it doesn't have to be this quote unquote massive action. All it has to be is one step forward. And if you don't know what the next action is in order to move forward, then the action is asking a question. So if you're lost and you're not certain on what the next step looks like, make a phone call and ask a question, find a, a mentor or a coach and ask a question. Right? All of those things are small actions that ultimately drive you towards the desired end state, towards the target that you really truly want to achieve. And if you're not okay with where you are because you want to be somewhere different, you want to do more, you want to have more, you want to be more, then recognize that you're going to have to get uncomfortable because you're never going to be more, you're never going to do more, you're never going to have more, you're never going to create more in your life for yourself and for your family, you're never going to become a better asset or a greater leader or a greater mentor, you're never going to be any of those things if you're just looking to be comfortable. But if you recognize that looking at yourself and really being critical of how you're showing up, 
really being critical of the traits and attributes that are holding you back and you can acknowledge those and you can put those on the wall and you can recognize what they are and you can address them directly, that is discomfort. When you start acknowledging and recognizing that there's some shit about yourself that you don't like, and I'm not talking about, hey, you know what? I don't like my physical appearance because of X, Y, and Z. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the trait or attribute that leads you down the road or a path that is a road or a path that you don't want to take or you don't want to be on. I grew up and anger was an issue for me. That is an attribute of my person that I don't like. I don't like the anger and I love it. I love the anger because I've learned how to wield it. I've learned how to turn it into energy of change, the energy of action to create something new. So this is my my final piece and then I'll, I'll close off the mic, Ramon, and that's this. Every single one of you in this room and every single one of you and and every person in your life has a savage within. And that savage is the thing, the person, the energy, the trait, whatever you want to call it, that is the thing that gets shit done. And it is time to no longer demonize that piece of you. And it's time to no longer hide from that piece of you. Acknowledge it, own it, recognize it, and let it out. Because once you do then you're all of who you are. You become all aspects of your person. You don't have to hide from that trait because it's not negative. It's only negative when we allow it to cause chaos and destruction in our life. It doesn't have to be negative. Use it, wield it, learn how to make it a tool. And then you get to use even more of yourself in every action that you take. That is what Savage Freedoms is about. And that's what Savage Initiative will help you do. Adam? Amazing, amazing, amazing. I know you're in transit on the side of the road, so I will let you go. If you need to, we're going to carry this conversation a bit more with everybody. That was Adam Smith. Follow him on all platforms. Definitely look at the Savage Initiative link right at the top. Click that link. If you're even inkling interest, we have our 16 slots open this July for the Savage Initiative. So I definitely invite you to click that link, fill out the interest form, read all the details, and we are here to serve you. Adam Smith, thanks for joining us. We're going to keep this conversation for a bit. I want to know, Mike, I was calling you earlier, Mike. I know you may not have been available then but if you are mike i'd love to give you the mic if you're available just flash that mic a bit so i can know if you're available mike love to give you some time to share also you may have heard what tina talked about and if you're not available no problem at all glad you are here i don't see you flashing mic so what i'm going to do is see dr janie lacy if you're available to blink and flash and or david hill we're going to keep this session going for a few more minutes david hill hey ramon it's barb it's barb Barb, what's up barb how are you doing talk to me good listen it's top of the hour can you do a reset? I want to understand where we're talking about. I'm a big fan of Adams and I came in at the very end. Sure. Um, I'd love sure. a, a room reset if that's okay. Yeah, we're doing a TV show all about how to cut pumpkins and uh, make them better uh, for the holidays. <laughs> Adam Smith is doing that. So that's what's happening. So you know that you didn't get the facts yet. No. Uh, thank you, Barbara Majeski. Everybody, that's the lovely Barbara Majeski, friend of and, and host here on BWC. But again, welcome to BWC. Barbara, we've been talking about Savage. And the bottom line is that Savage sometimes has been demonized, but Adam Smith is opening up our eyes to see that you need a balance of both. The savageness to protect your family, savageness to be better at school, savageness to be better at work. We're talking about this new initiative that Adam Smith, Scott Simons, and myself, Ramon Ray, are doing called Savage Initiative, which is a three-day experience, Barbara, all about being better leaders and protectors of ourself and family, a mixture of firearms, mixture of endurance, pushing yourself to the limit and learning about business and yourself. So that's a summary of it, Barbara Majeski. That little bit you heard, because I know you're fast on your feet, Barbara. 
What did you think? What's been your experience in life with being pushed down, pushed to the limit, and you got to get back up again? Share with us that for about a minute. Yeah, so, you know, this language really uh, resonates with me because I think we hold ourselves back because we have fears of what other people are going to say, think, how we're going to be perceived. And what is coming to mind for me is that when anything that in regards to my children and their threat of their safety, their well-being, I become very clear in my in- intentions and very clear in what I want to do. And I can kind of dis- I can somewhat dismiss any negative that comes at me. And I'm like, I'm fearless. I'm like, no, this is what, this is what I need to accomplish in the, in the best interest of who I'm advocating for. I have a brother with special needs. I have three children. I have a son with epilepsy. You know, when I'm advocating in the space where I feel that they are too vulnerable and not strong enough in voice to speak for themselves, I speak for them. And I always feel Um, you know, our society is judged on how we take care of the most vulnerable, how we use our voices and resources and intelligence to advocate on their behalf. And I can share this is that when my son, so my son had severe adverse reactions to childhood vaccines. Now he's been diagnosed with epilepsy. He's actually, um, he has vaccine induced uh, epilepsy. And I advocate, I am pro vaccine. I am pro choice. I am pro all the things. I am a informed consent mother. Um, But I have been brutalized in this space, attacked, and I became very quiet because I got tired of not being in the popular side. I like being popular. I like being liked. It's kind of my, I, I like it. But when I get quiet and I get to that kind of savage space, I know that what I'm leading with is with with the right intention, the right intention to serve from a true altruistic space. I'm not looking to to bash anyone for their choices, but I am looking to advocate for, um, you know, information that I think is is buried. But when I tell you I have to I have to put my armor on and stay in the intentionality of service, servitude and honesty, integrity, because people try to pull me down. They tell, try to tell me I'm wrong. And I'm, I, you know, I'm like, I'm actually, I'm not wrong. And um, these are my circumstances. And I think we have to be better informed. But when I tell you, I get my RC handed to me in this space, it happens but I'm okay because I stand in my truth, my integrity, my intentionality, and truthfully, my legacy to which I want to leave this earth. My legacy that I want to leave on this earth is that I stood for what I believed to be true. I advocated for the most vulnerable members of society, and I wasn't always popular, but I was always honest, and I always carried myself with high integrity and high moral character. Um, sometimes not everybody's going to get it, and that's not, I cannot answer to them. I can only answer to my truth. And uh, Adam, does that land? You feeling me on oh, that? Oh, yeah. You're, 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 coming, you're coming in with it, and I appreciate that. And you said something I think is really powerful. You said, I advocate for others who can't advocate for themselves. And I, and I want to, I just want to add to that one. It's an honorable thing. And two, I also want to say, and this is not directed at you by any means, Barbara, this is just in a general consideration is that all too often we seek ourselves to be of service to others in order to avoid ourselves. And I don't think that's what you do. I know that you do the work and you really are are constantly looking on the inside on how to be better and, and how to drive forward. But I know there's a lot of people in here right now that, that, 
that go out of their way to help other people, which is not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. And also, it's a bad thing when it becomes the you you martyr yourself to service in order to avoid the realities of who you are and change those realities to be better. That, that's oh my a crucial God, piece. Yes. That right? is that's a yeah, we could dive into that because I think sometimes it's how you you uh, feel of value is just giving, giving. It's almost like the giving tree, like where you end up just being a stump. <laughs> you know, you can't even give anymore. Uh, you know, you just, but it is not understanding that there's, you know, there is given, there is give and take. You have, there's, there's a cycle in that. So I completely understand what you're saying. And, you know, it's looking, you know, looking deeper into that. So I love that, Adam. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's, that's, that's it. the savage piece. And I think, I think there should be a consideration when, when we're in the process of looking to create change in the world. And, and I love the fact that this is a, a phrase and sometimes it's cliche, but if you want to create change in the world, start with yourself. And in reality, that is the most truthful, factual statement that one can make. <laughs> charity, can... charity be begins at home, right? It's the same kind of, <laughs> it's the same kind of saying. Charity begins at home, and what that means is start with yourself, and you can move forward from a from a strong foundation. Am I right? Oh, all day long, and th and that is. That's the piece that I think so many people miss. They they want to go from zero to success overnight, or they want to go from zero to a hundred overnight. And and there's a realization. The reason why everybody burns their life back to zero and it burns their business back to the ground because from zero to one is an undefined exponential increase. But from one to two, it's well defined. And from two to three, it's well defined. And what's crazy is the higher you go in numbers, 10 to 11, 11 to 12, 100 to 101, the smaller percentage of change you actually have. But what people don't realize is that if you go from zero to a hundred, when you get to a hundred, you've done that change, that shift, you've created that level of success in your life. And if you burn it back to zero and you go from zero to one, that zero to one feels so much better than one to a hundred does because you have overcome being at zero. And if people could stop putting themselves back in zero, if people would stop looking at everyone else and saying, I wish I had that and start realizing that they have the ability to create change, if they're willing to tap into that savage piece, then they don't have to keep going back to zero to have that fulfillment. They can just look at themselves, recognize who they are and see I've gone from zero to a hundred and I don't want to go back to zero again. I'm telling you, I've gone from zero to a hundred and back to zero and back to a hundred and back to zero. And I don't want to go back to zero again. I don't ever want to go back to that place. I don't have any desire to put my back against the wall and try and rescue myself again. I want to continue to grow from where I'm at. That is the new floor. That's the new foundation of where I'm at. And I think it's powerful, Barbara, when you say that. Yeah, you know, the law of inertia. You know, it's hard. You know, they there's a great metaphor of a rocket ship. The Getting the rocket off the ground uses the most fuel and the most energy. And then when it gets into orbit, it's it's got the momentum and the energy. But that getting out of the gate, that zero to one, it is tough. And guess what, guys? You got all the forces going against you, the unknown. You got a lot of people that are going to ultimately hold you back. And you have to look at adversity and challenges for what they truly are. They're muscle builders. Like you, you have to understand when people come at you and people try to bring you down and hold you back and really kind of, you know, I don't know, hold back your inner beast, you know, your inner knowingness of what you are supposed to do in this lifetime, who you are supposed to be when other people are trying to hold you back. Those are muscle builders. So you can tap into them 
through adversity time and time again. And it's part of the, the human experience. Some people get just bogged down. They can't get to zero to one. And then they can blame all the external factors. Oh, you know, the, the, the weather was bad. My parents told me I wasn't good enough. The, my dog died, you know, all the, you know, but we all have adversity and uh, we all have struggles. So I, I love what you guys are doing, the Savage Initiative. And I think I've had to get, get more comfortable with, you know, not being liked and being okay that, um, you know, I'm, I'm using my gifts in the line of service and I have to be tough. I have to be, I have to be, <laughs> I have to be a warrior. I have to be okay getting into battle, getting in the arena, getting my face marred and not always, you know, not always being victorious, but always getting back into the arena. So Ramon, I saw you on mic there and I just, I just really enjoy Adam. I I've been in rooms with you. You articulate yourself so well, your experience and your knowingness uh, is just uh, like spot on. So I was very happy to see you here in breakfast uh, with champions. So I didn't mean to hijack this morning, but you know, I come in hot friends. I come in hot. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Is Barbara, you else? cannot. Sorry, Adam. I was going to say, Barbara, you cannot hijack a room. What I want to do, Adam, is just to reset the entire room, Adam. Ten seconds, reset the entire room, and then I'll turn it back to you, Adam. And I'm going to try for a third time real quick before I reset the room. Mike, if you're available now, feel free to flash your mic. If not, no problem. We'll move on. just want to give you a third chance if you wanted to share. No, no, no. Okay, no, good. No problem. Okay, good. So I'm going to reset the room, and then I want to invite Adam. Feel free to share that thought. And then David, I see here. Uh, Dr. Jenny Lacey's here. Uh, Keith is still here with us. Dora, Christina, Mary Lynn, our hosts who have regular sessions. And then every Everyone on stage, you're welcome to join into the conversation as well. But I just want to say, get everybody, this is Breakfast with Champions. Thanks for being here today. This room was founded by Glenn Lundy, father of eight, husband of one, who's had his own journey of being savage. He has an amazing uh, 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 resource uh, helping car dealerships grow. I'm Ramon Ray, one of many hosts in this beautiful family, as we try to, as we do, pour into you every single day. Definitely keep that chat lit. Adam, I'm sure, and Barbara Majeski, thanks for being here. You're looking that health wells grow from where you are absolutely doors given some kudos there and you're a badass tina and more so thank you all for being here today definitely don't forget share out the room share the room not just on clubhouse but on twitter on linkedin share it with everywhere that you can be to let people know not for us but let people know that they have hope that we motivate educate and inspire them every single day just about i think except sundays on this uh club on clubhouse and we have the podcast as well so look on apple look on spotify for the podcast as well uh, adam you were going to say something if you remember i'd love to turn the mic back to you the mic is yours brother yeah i was actually david david uh david on mic david go ahead yeah. david david if you're still there yeah, david, okay. hey what's up mic? What up, Ramon? What's up, David? Adam, good to hear you, man. Um, hold on. I am a. I'm actually on a bike, so. Let's uh, go. That's what I'm talking about. You calling me a couple times. Yeah, man. Um, I just love the conversation. I've been listening for I don't know. I've been on a bike for about 25 minutes now, and and uh, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, when you talk about, I'm gonna just stop pedaling for a minute. When you talk about um being savage, I feel like it's been my whole life. I mean, I grew up. I have black father, white mother, you know, I'm 50, you know, I, I dealt with all that my, my whole childhood, always not really fitting in anywhere, you know, just getting it from both sides most times. As a young adult, the only thing I knew how to do was, was my father, who, you know, was not even close to a, a good father, but, um, 
you know, he had his own issues, but the one thing he taught me to do was fight. He taught me kickboxing at a young age. So the only thing I knew how to do was, was fight. I knew how to defend myself. Um, I was pretty much had no feelings. So, you know, if you can imagine that didn't get me very far as a young adult, as a teenager, but I was tough, you know, so I can relate to the anger thing because for me, Adam, if it wasn't for anger, I had nothing. I had nothing, nothing else to be confident at except that, that was it. You know, what I learned, you know, from my father was, uh, you know, if you, when you, you know, if you, if you cry when you're beaten, you're beaten harder, you know, children should be seen and not heard. So um, those are the type of things I grew up with, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm just blessed, you know, I'm uh, November 7th for me is going to be 20 years of sobriety. How do you stay sober for 20 years? One day at a time. That's it. One day at a time. I have a podcast called Path to Mastery. I've had Gary V on, Mel Robbins. I'm working on, I'm working on Joe Rogan, Lex Frieden. You know, so those that, you know, and how, do I, how did I do that? I have 290 episodes, or 289 to be exact. How do, we, how do you do that? Is you do one episode a week for 290 weeks. Right. And somebody said to me the other day, geez, why, why are you so, how you do you like so fit? Yeah. I've been going to gym for 35 years, almost every single day. How do you do that? You just keep showing up. So I don't know. I don't think I'm any, I'm special at all, at all. Uh, you know, I, what, the one thing I would say is, is I'm no smarter than anybody else. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, I just show up, man. I, and I think that is, that, that's what I'm getting from listening to this is, it's just the ability to keep showing up, even when things aren't going in your favor, even when things aren't going the way you had planned. We got to keep showing up, and and that's it. That's all I do. I just keep showing up, you know. And and, I'm, and again, I say that because I hope somebody takes that and uses that inspiration, not uses as, "Oh man, this guy's a jerk. Who does he think he is?" Because I'll tell you, my life is a shit show most of my life. You know, but I just kept showing up and just kept showing up and just kept showing up. So anyway, I appreciate the message. Um, I, you know, I'm definitely inspired by it. I want to learn more about you guys' initiative. And uh, I'm going to get back to pedaling. And I, thanks for calling on me a couple times, Ramon. Appreciate you guys. I love it. I love it, David. Thank you for that, dude. I really appreciate it. And that, and that's exactly it. It's the discipline to continue to show up. And that that is the savage, right? The savage piece is the piece that when you get thrown back, you claw your hands into the dirt so that you're not thrown back any further than where you are. And the other piece too, and you, you also said this, when pe- people lose their mind when the plan doesn't go to plan. And, and Mike Tyson said it, everybody has a plan to get punched in the mouth. We also say the same thing. No plan survives first contact, meaning that when the first round flies, the plan that you originally had is now out the window. The, the purpose of planning, and for you listening, for those of you listening, it's, it's the purpose of planning is planning with purpose. And if you think that your plan that you've created is going to be the solution, you're, you're really mistaken. And that's where you operate in the gray space. And that is where the savage piece comes out. Because when the plan doesn't quote unquote go to plan, we have to be able to real time shift and think through what our first order tactical action looks like and how it creates second and third order effects in order for us to achieve what we want with the target. Hey, and Adam, Adam, isn't that where that's where the learning and the growth happens because you're outside your comfort zone. You're in the unknown. And that's where you develop those muscles that you didn't have access to before. How do you pivot? You know, do you stay on your toes or do you, it's like that book, who moved my cheese? Are you just going to sit there and just starve and die to die? Or are you just going to get into a space of like, all right, that happened. Now I can only handle, how, you know, I can only handle how I 
um, proceed forward. And that's where the magic happens. That's where the development happens. So I think what people might perceive is that when something goes wrong and there's a shift in the plan, it's like all bets are off. You know what? I'm turning the car back and we're going back home where there's different types of people. That's like, all right, I'm going to get to my destination regardless of any obstacles, because you're not looking at these obstacles as growth. The, 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 the universe put them in your, in your way. So you could develop muscles and skills so that you can journey forward and you can move onward. And I have a great analogy to that. I don't know if, <laughs> if you want to, if I'll launch into it right now, Adam. Yeah, let's hear it, Barbara. I want to hear what your analogy is. Yeah, so when I was, and a few of you guys have heard this before, a few years ago, I was entrenched in a really epic divorce that belongs in a movie. My uh, my husband at the time hired celebrity attorneys, and they beat the snot out of me. I hired some local yokel because I was like, well, it's all it's the law is the law, and you cut it down the middle, and then we both go our separate. I was very naive. It was my only marriage, my only divorce, and my my husband had a few rounds at the marriage and the divorce thing. So it's a little more experienced. I'm getting the bejesus knocked out of me. I'm getting emails. I'm getting threats. And I held my ground because I'm like, I won't take this deal because I believed it was based on a false narrative. My attorney is begging me to take the deal, take the deal, take the deal. And I'm like, this is not, this is based in a false narrative. Why would I take it? I'm getting threats to lose my kids. I'm getting emails that are so well-written and so, I mean, so toxic. I'm reading them going, wow, like this woman's crazy pants. And I'm like, well, that's me. We're talking, when I say celebrity, we're talking Tom Cruise's attorneys. Okay. We're talking the real deal attorneys. And I got some local, local yokel who didn't like me, turns out. Anyway, long story short, I held my ground and I never gave up. And I had moments where I was like, I've got it. I've just got to take, I just got to take the deal. And I wouldn't, it was a terrible deal. Anyway, long story short, I hold my ground at the very end. Turns out I was right. It was based on a false narrative. The case flips and it, and I end up like it ends up completely not only in my favor, but over in my favor because there had been some lying under oath. At the end of it, at what the, the moral of this story, at the end of it, I was like, why did those guys come at me? I was so angry at these attorneys. I was like, how dare they beat this, you know, beat me to a bloody pulp. It was just a total slaughter fest. And I was so angry with them. At, fast forward a year later, I go in to do a real estate transaction. And in the past, I would have been like very um, contorting myself to make everybody happy. And instead I stood my ground and I was like, you know, what's the worst they can do? Are they going to sue me, take me to court? And all of a sudden I had these, I was no longer afraid of legal action. I was no longer afraid. I had this kind of like, F you, I listen, you can't hurt me. I had this David Goggins in me of like, you can't hurt me. I'm like, there's nothing you can say or do to me that hasn't been done and you can't hurt me. And I was such a stronger person in this transaction where previous to the, to the toxic experience, I would have folded like a cheap suit. And instead of folding like a cheap suit, I, I stood tall in the pocket. And all of a sudden, instead of being angry, I like I it, like I could clasp my hands together in grace and honor and thank spiritually those attorneys who really made me tough as nails. And now I have these muscles to navigate real estate transactions to come here on Clubhouse. I have zero Fs to give at any time. I'm like, you can't 
hurt me. I'm like, I will always get back and I will stand tall. I will stand tall in the pocket. But until that experience, I was a little bit of a, I was a little easy to move off my mark. I was a little softer in the game. And now I just, and I, the reason I share that story is because when you are going through something that's very difficult, surrender to that the universe is building something with inside you because you have bigger mountains to climb and you need those muscles so that when you are confronted with bigger challenges and greater abundance, greater opportunity for abundance, you will be no you will know how to navigate. So I now thank those attorneys. Thank you, attorneys, because I am unhurtable, unstoppable. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And that's that is that's exactly how it works and functions. And and man, I hope everybody heard what Barbara just talked about. It wasn't a story about lawyers and divorce. That was not a story about lawyers. That was a story about recognizing that what like the the question, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like if you if you're in a place right now in your life where you want to create change, and it doesn't matter if it's in a relationship or in a business or personally with you know physical fitness, health, or or starting a business, whatever it looks like, if you're in a place in your life right now and you want to create change, recognize and ask the question: What's the worst thing that could happen? If you're afraid to create change or you're afraid to take the next action, I want you to really consider what is the worst thing that can happen. Could you lose all your money? Could you lose your, could you lose your marriage? Could you lose your health? Like what's the absolute worst thing that could happen if you take the next action? I've been on the road uh, since yesterday, driving to Pennsylvania to train a couple of buddies of mine up here in, in PA. Uh, and I, I just, I got into the area that I'm, I'm staying last night. And I remember parking the trailer. I have a camper that I take with me, so I don't stay in hotels. It's a way for me to save a lot of money. It's actually phenomenal. I have a 25 foot camper. I, I tow, I call, I call it the savage wagon. It's pretty epic. Uh, but I parked the camper last night, and when I park the camper, I do security checks. So I park the camper, I look around, I make sure I understand my surroundings, and then I ask the question, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen right now? And which direction could it come from? It's not because I'm paranoid, not by any means. It's because I'm preparing my brain to think through solutions. And, and that's just, the, that's the piece. People are so afraid that they're not going to achieve what they want to achieve, so they don't take action to go after it. But if you recognize that you can tap into the savage piece of yourself and just ask the question, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then take action regardless of the fear of that thing happening, then your brain is already getting into a place where you can start creating solutions. And that's that's what that's what savagery is about. Savagery is about direct action, problem solving, and like you said, Barbara, like training yourself and training your mind and training your body to be able to uh, on in real time shift and be malleable and flexible with how the situation or scenario begins to play itself out. If you are addicted to the solution, you will never hit the target that you want to hit ever. It just doesn't work that way. So true. The savage wagon. <laughs> I mean, that's, that that's is awesome. hilarious. Savage wagon. Seems like something we need like, to have a website and sell like little plastic tchotchkes. <laughs> Who wants to have the savage wagon? I need a Christmas ornament of I just want to remind everybody real quick here, everybody welcome to Breakfast with Champions. Uh, this is the 8 a.m. hour. Uh, we're gonna go to nine and then Amelia, I believe is gonna come up next. We have another 35 minutes. Feel free to keep, keep using the chat. Feel free to share out the room. In fact, do share out the room. Those who are new, Breakfast with Champions every single morning, Monday through Saturday, where we motivate, educate, and inspire you to live your best self, live your best life. This room was founded by Glenn Lundy, father of eight, husband of one, and uh, we're 
are so glad that you're here today where everybody, everybody, everybody has a seat at the table, our, uh, not even a special guest. Our family member today is Adam Smith, who's been chatting with me all about the Savage Initiative, how we can be better in our lives, leadership and training. And we're having a round robin, open room. Barbara Majeski has poured into us just now, talking about her journey. David Hills talked to us a bit about his journey and other, especially of our host or anybody else. If you want to share, just unmike, say your name, Dr. Janie Lee, say see you there, and Tom and Mike and Dora Marie, of course, and Mary Lynn and Christina and Tara. What's up, Tara? Susie Miller's here, Dimples and Renee, others are here. And uh, so we're glad to have you all here today as we continue this discussion with, in fact, all of us about whatever may be on your mind. Dora, uh, um, um, Barbara, continue on what you were saying. Uh, Barbara, if you want, I'm happy to share and lead the room with you, or you can take it away as you wish, dear, but the floor is yours. I, I want a holiday ornament that says the Savage Wagon. I, like, I feel like there's definitely merch in there, Adam. Done and done. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> You're going to have a merch store. You know, it's this conversation is definitely moving, for me, in the under the knowingness that adversity builds muscles. And I, I randomly, and it's funny with Clubhouse, where all of a sudden I'll just pop in and I get these nuggets that just land on my heart and embed on my in my subconscious mind that I think is so powerful because our, our thoughts and our energy really does predicate how we're going to move through the through the world. And a couple of weeks ago, I popped into a social media room and Joanne was speaking and Joanne has been on this app and she's a Harvard graduate. She's like a, a, a chemist, like her pedigree is unbelievable, but she's left corporate world and she was, her thing is bringing joy. She's the clubhouse chief of joy. And she went on a TikTok and she started this TikTok channel and she blew it up. She went from zero to like a quarter of a million followers. It's something bonkers because she's just spreading joy. She's so funny. She does all these funny TikToks. And I'm telling you, in months, she's become a TikTok influencer. And I popped into this social media room and she was talking. She's like, my TikTok got shut down. And I could hear the deflation in her voice. And for whatever reason... Um, I was there in that moment and I felt very compelled to unmike. And I, you know, I said, listen, Joanne, you're going to get that TikTok back. You're going to, because there's no reason for her not to get it back. There was no reason. And at the end of the day, even if she had to restart it, she knows how to go from zero to, to building even faster than she did the first time. But what I knew in my heart and what I share, and I want to share today is that I knew she was going through this so that she could serve others, that she could dig from a well of understanding and knowingness because she had experienced this. She worked so hard and she put so much out there and all of it was gone and could have been gone forever. But I knew she was going through this so she could also coach and help others, that it wasn't just this smooth shot like, oh my God, I jumped on TikTok and I'm a, I'm a megastar, I'm getting sponsored and I'm making gazelles and all like, like what kind of story is that to help others? Because we are here on this planet in this human experience to live in service of others. That's where success really does land is that how can we use our gifts to serve others? And I went on TikTok last night and she was back on and I was so happy and I texted her and I just shared that because sometimes when we're going going through something difficult, we can say, why, why did this happen? And I should have, you know, t boxed all my content. I should have saved it all. Why did this happen? And sometimes you need that voice or hearing something, these stories of like, you're going through this because there's bigger things ahead and you have to have this knowingness and this muscle of compassion and understanding that the only way you build that muscle 
the only way you have access to that knowingness is through your own experience. That's it, that you have to experience. It's like me talking about chemo. I didn't wanna, when I was going through it, I didn't wanna talk to people that didn't have it. Like, oh, well, you know, I had this, but I didn't have that. And I'm like, no, 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 I needed to hear only from people that had walked that walk. I don't wanna hear, oh, my aunt had it. I needed to talk to people that had actually sat in a chair and rolled up their sleeves and did infusions because I, I, I needed somebody with that knowingness, that real authenticity of, you know, helping me. So I just want to share as we're diving into this conversation that, you know, you go through difficult things so that you can be your best version of yourself and to also live in service of others. So her TikTok's back. It's a long story, but it really, I, I just think it's important to sometimes go through difficult times and know that there are bigger mountains for you to climb. And it's absolutely beautiful. Tom, you got Yeah, I do, brother. I do, because, um, you know, I, I, what Barbara is saying, it only took me my entire adult life. I'm 49 years old right now. It only took my entire adult life to, to get a glimpse of what she was sharing about building that muscle. And living a savage life, which means it's not going to be easy. And the tearing of the muscle, the challenge, the hard, the hard stuff is the thing that we need to go through. But what I want to share is what if you're in a good place right now? Like what if you're in that place right now where your health is good, your money's, you know, paying the bills at least. You got some, you know, maybe you got some wealth going on. I mean, everything's good. Like it's kind of calm. The storm is calm right now in your home. I think that's the scariest place to be, at least for, for my wife and I, because that's what I notice. I have a team of 40,000 women. My wife and I are in the people business. We build really large communities and I coach every single day for, for over 15 years, one-on-one -on -one and group. And, all, and I really just see the pattern. The pattern is comfort. Like it's unreal how deep it is. And all of us, and me too, like in me too, I, I go almost like, it's like in, in some areas, of course, and I think the key is to seek, and there's a, there's a YouTube channel that has seek discomfort. Like if you're not in discomfort, like I have a friend that goes from doing like 75 hards, like joining programs that doing something where you're seeking discomfort and finding ways to stay out of your comfort zone. Because I've just realized the older that I get, the more that I cannot get too cozy. And I mean, we're at a place right now where we financially could, I mean, we can just sit on the beach if we really, really wanted to. But I have such a big purpose that God's created for me. So I'm always finding, I'm like, I'm up, it's 4.30 in the morning, every single morning up now again, just not that I really want to, to be honest, and I'm not doing it to play the hustle game. I'm just up at 4.30 excited every single damn morning because I'm, I'm seeking discomfort because I have such a big purpose. So um, you got to find a mentor. You got to find someone who's going to take you beyond what you think you can do. I'll just say that. Like in fitness, I'll just share this. I tell my daughter, I go, honey, she's 18 years old. She goes to the gym. And she does a great workout. I'm like, honey, even at, I would find some kind of program that takes you not to what you think you can do, but what you really can do, which is your best possible, like a CrossFit or something, you know, F45, something that takes you beyond a coach, a mentor, a group class, something that takes you beyond. And that's, that's what I'm seeking in every area of my life. So I could stay really sharp, focused and in the zone. So, and expand that muscle. So it's Tom with my beautiful bride and I'm complete.
Hey, Tom, this is Ramon. I just want to say thank you for that share and thank you for being a big part of the BWC community. I also want to add an alert. You, Scott Simons, just landed. He's been out and about, I think, hanging, doing some things with 800 Club. Scott Simons, if you're able to speak right now, pour into his brother, say hello, just to catch you up. Barbara Majeski's been talking about it. Tom Chandler just talked about it. David Hill just talked about it. We've been riffing off the savage life that Adam Smith, as you know so well, has talked to us about Savage Initiative as well. We've been talking about Scott Simons, co-founder of Savage Initiative. Welcome, brother. Talk to us, pour into us. If you're able, you may have a bunch of luggage and a coffee in one hand, but talk to us if you're able. <laughs> hey, good morning, Ramon. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, I just landed from, I had to do a red eye coming back from Arizona. I was at the 800% club. I was actually a speaker, um, I'm, you know, for Glenn Lundy. And uh, well, we had just an amazing time. I met some uh, great people that I had, did not know um, and put on a really good event. We had paintball war and uh, yesterday uh, and we climbed a couple of uh, really really cool mountains while we were there plus the amazing Danelle Delgado and other people were there pouring in to Glenn's uh, tribe uh, yeah so I tell you flights if anybody's traveling right now you know flights are a little bit uh, they're a little bit off schedule there's just more flights than they have personnel and uh, in the last couple weeks I had a flight canceled in st louis but you know we just people that travel we just fight through it stay extremely positive and uh i just landed i'm on my way home i'm gonna take a quick shower and then i'm gonna head into the dealerships i've been out at the bada conference and then glenn's conference and then spoke at the reckoning last week so i'm going and learning from others i when i go and speak at events i sit through the whole event with my uh take notes the whole time with my ipad and look to really make connections and uh, I'm sure everybody's been paying attention to what's going on in the world. We got some turbulent times going on now. We got some turbulent times uh, in the forecast and uh, being part of a group, being part of uh, a tribe that you can uh, go through this with is going to be extremely important, whether that's a mentor, whether that's a group that you can join. Uh, you do not want to go through uh, challenges, you know, alone. You most definitely don't want to do that. And, you know, looking at all the numbers uh, that we're dealing with right now, there's some there's some storms we're going through and there's some major storms on the horizon. But with that also comes a lot of great opportunity, too. So there's going to be some amazing opportunities for people. But uh, I'm just uh, glad that I'm here and glad that I made it made it safe and that even made a couple of really good connections on the plane. So I'm, I ran into Michael Wilbon and he's on a. Uh, ESPN show and he and I sitting near each other and I gave him my business card and connected with him and got his assistant's phone number and hope to help him with some transportation needs. So it's extremely important that you, you know, you pay attention to who's around you, introduce yourself, ask them about what they do, ask them about their family. And then just always say, if you can serve them in any way, you know, you that you're there to serve them. So I hope, I hope to make a really good connection with Michael. And he was a delightful man uh, to spend some time with uh, traveling. Uh, but no, I'm just glad to be here, gentlemen. Y'all know how much I respect you. And I see so many familiar faces here this morning. And uh, I'm just glad to uh, be heading back to see my family quickly, head to the dealerships, and then uh, have an amazing weekend. So I'm, I'm glad to be here, buddy. Thanks for, thanks for calling on me. And thanks for holding everything down. I appreciate it. 
Oh, Scott, we're glad you're here. And Adam, I have a question for you, Adam. Is Scott slacking? The, the gentleman he was sitting next didn't buy a TRX from Scott during that flight, Adam? What do you think? <laughs> I've, never met, I've never met anybody who has the ability to deliver like Scott delivers. If you guys, if you guys don't know, I, I just want to, I want to, want to send some flowers and sing some praise to Scott Simon. Scott is probably one of the best people I've ever met. He's got, he is, he is one of the most realist dudes that you could ever possibly cross paths with. And every time I see Scott, every time I go to Virginia and hang out with him, he's like, Hey man, I've got three TRXs that are getting delivered. One's got to get delivered out to Missouri. One's going to get delivered down to Florida. And one's getting sent out to Oregon. He's like, Oh, by the way, I've got another one ordered that apparently is going to get shipped overseas somewhere. I have no idea. Scott is Scott. You know, he says something I think is so beautiful and it's, and it's, uh, I think this is another fear that people have to overcome. And that is to create connection. And Scott is so good at connecting with people and also creating connection between people because he legitimately just wants to help. And I think Barbara said it too, being of service. If you recognize that you have a responsibility to do what you're really good at doing in the world and that doing that thing that you're really good at is of service. And, and, and I think people miss this idea. And if you think about the idea of, of living the savage life, like living the savage life is also savagely owning who you are, own who you are as an entire person, because then you can live as an entire person. I know, I know for me, I love connecting with people, but I also like cutting through the bullshit. And I realize that I have a responsibility to deliver what I do into the world because me delivering what I do into the world is of service to those people who can receive it or want to receive it. And if you're afraid of connecting with other people, what Scott does so well, if you're afraid with just shaking that hand, if you're afraid with introducing yourself, if you're afraid that, you know, if you show up, you're going to be judged, then you're limiting, you, you're literally breaking your responsibility to deliver what you do into the world, into the world. You have a job. Your job is to be all of you and deliver all of you into the world so that the world gets a chance to experience your superpower. And if you rob the world of that, you're doing the world a disservice and you're doing yourself a disservice. I, I tell you what, if you're in the room and you're listening right now or you listen to the podcast, if you're a person that's afraid of shaking a hand or making an introduction because you're really worried that uh, you're, you, you have some social anxiety or you're worried someone is going to judge you, then I'm going to challenge you today, literally today. I want you to introduce yourself to two people you've never met before. Just random people on the road, in the mall, at the, at where it doesn't matter. Two people you've never introduced yourself before, ever. Just walk up and say, hey, you know, I saw you stand over here. I just want to introduce myself. My name's Adam. I got nothing to sell. I just want to say hi. I just want to introduce myself. My name's Adam. I, I've, my mom told me growing up that I never met a stranger. It's true. Scott is very same. Uh, he's a very similar aspect. Ramon, you're the same way. Uh, and what I find is that if we can eliminate the fear of connection, and we, we savagely own all of who we are, then we get to live our greatest purpose. And, and that's literally delivering that we have a responsibility to do it. If you recognize that, then, then you can start taking action to do it because it's fucking powerful. The world deserves your skills. So put them in there. Absolutely. Adam. I'm going to turn it back over to Barbara to join us here. With hey, Ramon, can I tap in here real Ramon. quick? It's Susie. Of course, you do. Hold on 10 seconds. I just wanted to say that we have 21, 21 minutes. Uh, Amelia Antonetti and team is coming up in 21 minutes. I just wanted to do that. Scott Simons, again, thanks for being with us, brother. We can't wait to hear and see all you're doing with Savage Initiative. I know you had a red eye, so I'll let you go unless you want to stay here and pour into us. Again, we're here with Adam Smith. We're talking about Savage Initiative. You can click that link at the top and talk about this whole savage life. The amazing Susie Miller. The mic is yours, dear. <laughs> Thanks, Ramon. And yes, everybody stay tuned because Amelia Antonetti always delivers gems. Whenever she talks, I, I take notes. 
Um, what I love that you said, Adam, we talked a little bit about this yesterday in the Breakfast of Champions, so check out the podcast there, but about being you, you doing you. And the reality, you know, people are listening to what other people do. And so two things I want to share. One, you will be judged. You will be judged. People are judgmental. And I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean that in let it go. Like, I cannot tell you how many times I have metaphorically and in real life broken out into the song from Frozen, let it go. Just let it go. Because people will judge you. Here's the thing. You can choose to let that impact you, or you can choose to let that wash off you. Because the reality is, is what other people think of you really in your business at all. It's theirs. So if you go through your day, your life, your purpose, knowing at the core of your being that you have people to influence, to make a difference, to connect with, to just say, hey, I'm here if you need something. How can I help you? Or how can I be of service? There are people who never get asked that question. There are people who never have anybody pause and say, hey, how can I, how can I help you? How can I connect with you? How can I, how can I serve you? You know, whatever your purpose is, there will be people who will be tusking, you know, tisking, what is it? Clucking their tongues and shaking their heads and judging you. Who cares? Who cares? If I could give everybody who is in their 30s, 20s, 30s, 40s this lesson, it's learn fast. Who cares? Who cares? I am hanging out with, I am learning from people are, who are where I want to be. Don't look behind you and understand that you will be judged. I love that Adam said earlier, what's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is there's people who are going to be haters on my you know, social media. The worst thing that can happen is, you know, so-and-so judges me and I lose that relationship. So what? Let it go. Let it go. Because when you do that, the freedom that comes over you, the weight that comes, over, comes off of you is absolutely fantastic. It is fantastic. And what happens is all of your energy that was wasted on what do they think or what if they think or how am I going to make sure all the things we go through in our head, that little itty bitty shitty committee at the top of our brains, you let it go. And all of that energy goes towards what you were created to do, what you are equipped to do, what only you can do. So that's my first point. My second point here um, is as you hear these amazing people speak and you look at your life and you look at their life, comparison is the thief of joy. Never, ever, ever compare your chapter two to their chapter 20. Learn from their chapter 20. Read the chapters, learn from the chapters in between, but stand up tall and know that you are doing you. And one of the things that got me really through a time when I was feeling overwhelmed with all the things there were to do was I sat down and I made a list of all the things I do in a day. And I thought about this. What are the things that only I can do? You know, only I can be his wife. And it's funny, our anniversary is today. Um, we'll be married 39 years. We got married when we were 12. Happy um, anniversary, <laughs> Susie. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And I remember there were times when life was, was tough and our marriage was tough. And, and I had to double down into only I can be his wife because that's the choice I made that I would be his wife and we would work through this. Um, outside of harm. If you're in a harmful relationship, get out the door. Um, but, you know, hard relationships, all relationships are hard. You know, only I can be their mama. And there were times when my kids' needs co co contradicted with my work uh, goals. And I had to pause and go, only I can do this. Somebody else can pick up that client. And I refer them. Because right now, all of my kids are out of my house. They don't need me to pick them up from school. They don't need me to show up at their, you know, swim meet. They don't need me in that way. They need me in a different way. Parenting never ends. But what can only you do? What can only you do and what can you bring to the world? Can you smile at the stranger in the street? 
Can you show up for your client and be 100% present with your phone down and clubhouse off and being there for them? Can you show up for you in a way that helps you be healthy, wealthy, whole? Can you be in the title of this room is about fathering? Can you father? Can you mentor? Can you lead ahead someone who is not where you are on the path? I have three people in my life all the time. I have someone who is where I want to be and I pay them. I spend time with them. I, you know, have, there's different people who are in this role, a coach, a mentor who I can learn from. They are ahead of me on the path. Like Barbara said, they've sat in the chair. They've rolled up their sleeve. They've been where I either am struggling through or they have the goal. They've reached the goal that I want. And then I have someone who is with me. I always have some running buddies who is in the trenches with me, doing the hard work, dealing with the same things, helping out, you know, where we can encourage each other to keep going, to suck it up, to pull it up, to keep going, or to take the day off, snuggle on the sofa and watch Netflix if that's what our body needs, or make the hard sales phone call and then call me back. Running buddies are essential. And then I always have people who are behind me on the path. They're not less. They're just behind me on the path across the bridge. They're on the bridge, you know, across the mountains, the idea of the ravine. That's what I want to say. So it's not, it's just there where I've been. How can I help them? How can I serve them? How can I pour into them? How can I provide them an easier path to get from where they are to where I am so that maybe they will be a running buddy and we'll go forward. But if we always have people who are pouring into us, people who are running with us and helping us in the day to days, and we have people who are Um, behind us on the path who we get to pour into. Our life will be rich. Our life will be full. And I promise you, friends, you will reach your goals. Okay, I'm off my soapbox, Ramon. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, I loved it, Julie. Loved it. Adam, talk to Uh, us, Adam. Talk to us. What do you think about that? That's so awesome. I love it. And Susie, you're right. Like, we we have a phrase that we use, comparison kills. Uh, And you said, like, comparison is a killer of hope and joy. And I, and I, we, we say comparison kills for the very same reason. Comparison, comparing where you are to where someone else is, is the same. I saw someone in the chat that said, um, you know, I wish, I wish I could do this. I wish I could have that. I wish, uh, specifically it's uh, Sherry Bennett. So she said, I wish, I wish I had grown up around people like you. I wish there's all these, these, all these, these words that we're using. That's comparison words. Here's the thing. Wherever you are right now is where you start. If you just recognize that wherever you are right now is where you start, and that doesn't matter what's happened in the past because the past doesn't define the present, that the present gets to define itself for the moment and it is right now and you get to start from here right now. And if you compare yourself to somebody that's further down the road, then you are never going to be present and define where you are right now in this moment. Wherever you are right now is where you start. If you want to be surrounded with powerful fucking people, if you want to be surrounded with like-minded individuals, you start now to seek those people. You start now to seek those individuals. You start now in this moment. The past does not define the present. You get to define the present with the actions that you take right now. You show me the actions you take, and I will prove to you what you want. If you recognize that that's, that's ultimately how you prove what you want, then you can't compare because comparison kills. It's true. And if you want to live this concept of a savage life, then you, you have to savagely accept who you are being in this moment. Like what are the actions you're taking right now? And do those actions prove what you truly want? Because if, and here's the other piece too, Susie, what I love, another thing that you said was really good is you said, look, there's three people in my life. There's someone that's further down the path that I want to emulate. There's my running buddies. And then there are people that I'm further down the path from, and I want to support them moving down the path. I, I think that's spectacular. If you think about those three things, then you also recognize that you can't 
you can't fill other people's cup from an empty cup. You have to fill your cup first. And so going down that path and recognizing that I don't have to compare, but I do, I do want to emulate traits and characteristics of people that are further down the path than where I'm at. And the last piece is if you don't take the lesson that you learn, because I think it's beautiful what you said, Susie, if you don't take the lesson that you learn and you don't actually apply it, then it's nothing more than mental masturbation. You literally have learned a lesson. Congratulations. High five. Pat yourself on the back and you're not applying the lesson. So it's cool that you've got some new existential awareness or it's cool that you've got some new uh, uh, new action that you could take, but you're not taking it. So what you can talk, you can speak to this new thing that you've learned, but you're not actually applying it to see how it works out. Cool. So that's just men- mental masturbation at that point. So if you have someone that you want to emulate and then you learn the lesson, you have to apply it. Absolutely. I, I it's so interesting it. for you to say powerful. that. Go ahead, oh, please. I said, I, absolutely. I, I, I often, when I speak, I'll t- say to people, stand up and I'll say, you know, look at where your feet are. And if you don't take up, um, you know, a step forward, you will be in the same place. Information without action is only inspiration. It's only information. How to apply it to make a difference. Two last things before I I, I go. Um, One is what I call the three people. It's someone you learn from, someone you lean on, and someone you lead. And when you have those people in your life, it is a very full life. The last thing I want to say to you, uh, Adam, is we spent five years touring the country, my husband and I, as a fun thing to do the last five years, living full-time on the road in a renovated RV that was a tiny house. It had real furniture, real dishes, all the things. And so when you said you pulled up in your camper, I, we just landed in Atlanta for a time to be off the road. But it made me smile because I remember those times of, of pulling up in our camper in our RV. We called it ugly on the outside, cool on the inside. And uh, my husband would do a safety check. I love that. So enjoy, enjoy your time on the road, my friend. Hey, Adam, we got 10 more minutes. Indeed, 10 more minutes to go. Scott, if you're available, brother, I just wanted to give you space one more time to talk about why the Savage Initiative was so important to you. That link's at the top. Uh, You and Adam, uh, co-founder of this, glad to be brought into the team here to help push this along as well. Marcus Black, what's up? I just got to stop. Every time I see Marcus Black's face, this is a savage dude right here. But Scott Simons, if you're available, love to hear one more time from you about specifically the Savage Initiative, what that means to you, what you learned from that, this partnership with Adam Smith. Talk to us about that, brother, for uh, a few more seconds. We got nine minutes to go. Amelia Anton and team are going to take the mic next. Scott, if you're able, Mike yours, brother. Yeah, Ramon, thank you so much. And I hope y'all can hear me. I'm on part of yes. 66 where I get some dead spots. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm extremely excited about this. Uh, this has been a vision in, in my mind uh, for quite a while. And I just had to find the right team. And now that I found the right team, you know, because without the right team, this initiative will not go as far as I think it can go and expect it to go. But I just think there's a lot of things that are happening uh, in this world turbulent times that we need um, people to be able to lead their families, to be able to lead their uh, businesses, to be able to lead their communities. Uh, there's people that um, don't know what to do. You know, they're, they're stuck. They uh, are concerned about some things that are happening in this world and they have no clue on how to defend their families. They have no clue. They have no confidence. Um, so we had our first initial event with a small group of people that we that are very good friends of ours and got some really good feedback. First of all, the feedback was over the top from the event. You know, basically it's a full day talking about business, finances, leadership day. And it's hosted here in Virginia. Day two, we spend on the range and, and Adam is, is the best trainer of firearms 
uh, out there. And I know he won't say that, but a gun instructor came to it and was blown away. And then three, we go over uh, boxing and, and basic self-defense on day three. And the confidence, I mean, Tina went last time to the, to the inaugural one, the confidence that it gets in people, you know, that, that, it, that it provides people the training, uh, you know, it, it just was a really good event. And I think there's a real need for it. I think it's, there's a real need for it in our communities. I think uh, it's going to help push people's lives forward. And I'm extremely excited about it. But yeah, it's, it's leadership, it's self-defense training, um, and it's a confidence builder. And I went through it the first time, Ramon, and I thought I was proficient. I thought I was proficient in all those areas. And I learned, I have, even me, co-founder of this, I have a lot of work to do. And, and it's because I saw it in myself. I know that I need this work. I need it. So I know if I need it, there's other people that need it. So, you know, I'm so proud to partner up with Adam. And then we brought you aboard, which is is just we formed an amazing team. And you know what? We're going to change some lives. We're going to change some lives. We're going to change some communities. Um, and we're going to we're going to help leaders get to that next level wherever they currently are. So uh, I'm just proud to be partnered up with you all. I'm really excited. So thank you, my man. Hey Scott, this is Susie. I'm gonna I'm gonna message you, but I know the exact spot on 66 where everything shuts down because there's that uber super protected uh, Department of Defense building. So I was just smiling at you driving on 66. But I'm gonna message you. I love what you're doing to help people be savage. Hey Susie, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, awesome. Hey, listen, Adam, we got six minutes to go or seven minutes to go before we hand over to Amelia Antonetti. And again, I want to acknowledge David Spizak. Good to see you here as well. Thanks for joining here. Somebody said Tim's story may be somewhere in the room. So we got a lot of amazing people. All of you are amazing, but people who are a little extra special dear to me here in the room. Uh, Adam, final comments to us, brother, uh, about whatever you want to share. We talked about Savage Adam, about the, the need for that and the place and what it means. And it's a word to embrace, not run from Adam. We've talked about your experience, Adam, with leadership, leading ourselves, leading our family. We've talked, Adam, today about protection. We, we, how can, we won't have a family to lead if they're not here. And if we're not here for them, we can't lead. So he talked about some amazing, great things, Adam. People can look at the link at the top or just go to Savage Initiative uh, or SavageInstitute.com. We'll change it later, but the link at the top and go there. But Adam, talk to us. Close us out, brother. Which one or two more things you want to add or summarize for us? This has been such a great session, a two-hour session with Adam Smith. Adam, the mic's yours. Man, I'm, I really enjoy this. I, I love what I do, and uh, I truly love what I do. And, and this, you know what, this is what I, this is what I would like to leave you all with. I would like to leave you with a challenge. I, I think all too often in modern society and modern culture, we seek comfort. We seek to, we seek to be comfortable on a regular basis. We have air conditioning. We don't go outside very often anymore. Being outdoors is not a thing that gets promoted very much anymore. We, we, we just, we're constantly looking for the opportunity to put on silk slippers. So I would, I just want to leave you all with a challenge. I want every single person to write down three things that you want that you haven't gotten yet. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be the new car. It could be the new watch. It could be a better relationship. It could be having a relationship. I, I, don't, I don't care what it is. I want you to write three things down that you want that you have not obtained or not achieved. And then once you write those things down, I want you to figure out what is the most uncomfortable thing that you would have to do in order to take action to make that happen. What's the number one thing you're afraid of? You know, for for um, for Mary Lynn, 
she's she wants to go shooting and she has fear around that maybe the thing for her is hey i really want to learn how to shoot and i'm super uncomfortable with even picking up a gun cool so let's start there let's start in that one place maybe somebody in here wants to surround themselves with new people new like-minded individuals but they're really nervous about putting themselves out there and introducing themselves cool maybe that action is going to go out and meet someone and shake their hand and just introduce yourself to the person that you want to have inside of your world Whatever it looks like, whatever that feels, whatever the thing that scares you the most, I want you to take one action that leaves you in a place of discomfort. And I want you to remember that ultimately, the only way to be able to get better, be better, grow better, be greater, and and seek excellence is to stop thinking that you have to be perfect. Perfection is a lie. It's a false god. And the only way to be perfect is to do nothing. I say this to my clients all the time. If, if you want to be perfect, then you can stay on your knees and pray at the altar of perfection. But if you want to create change, then you can walk down the road of excellence. And I want you to realize that walking down the road of excellence is uncomfortable. It is discomfort. It is painful. It is hard. People will judge you. It is going to be challenging. You are going to have anxiety. You are going to get tired. All the things that make you want to stop and recognize that if you truly want to live the savage life, if you truly want to touch into something that's deep inside of you that has been hidden, that you don't have to be afraid of, then walk down the road of excellence and realize that the savagery inside of yourself is going to be the energy and thing that gets shit done. It's going to drive you forward. It's the piece that's going to motivate you from within. Yes, happiness and joy, all of those things are part of it. That It's not bad or good. It is just the piece of ourselves that we often hide from because it scares us. The ability to do something, the ability to wield violence, that scares us. But the human condition is not such that we have to hide that piece. The human condition is such that we have to own all of the pieces, use all the pieces, and wield all the pieces. You are the weapon. All that other shit are just tools. Be savage. Adam, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for spending time with us today. And with that, I, it, there's nothing else to say. I'm going to turn the room over to Amelia Antonetti. It's two minutes early, so I think she and her team could be ready right now. But again, thanks for being here. And those of you who want information on our next uh, evolution, it'll be in July. Click on the link above, or you can just go to savageinstitute.com, savageinstitute.com, or DM Scott, DM Adam. We are here to serve you and to help you be more savage and live a better life. Amelia, if you're available, just double-click that mic queen. Hey, you're uh, ready. Hey Ramon. I heard hey Ramon. Who's that? Hey, yeah. This core, core element. And hey, I just core. wanted to say that this morning you have been crushing it, brother. Oh. You have been doing such an amazing job holding it down for Breakfast with Champions. Like I'm just I'm just like glowing from the vibration that you've been keeping us all on this morning. And I just wanted to give you those flowers and and say that we are toasting to you. Thank you. Great job. Thank you, Core. Core you know, I yeah. amazing job. Same thing. Me too. Thank you. Y'all yeah, know how to make a brother brush brown. <laughs> Thank you. I oh, holding it down, and we cannot let Ramon go without sharing this room, folks. Let's show him some love. Blow up that chat. Show him how much we appreciate him. Share out this room. We have another fire person coming up. We cannot just let it go. That energy has to continue or Ramon, we haven't done him justice, right? So let's keep the energy alive. I'm going to hand over the link over to Tara to make sure she updates that. Thank you so much. And then I will hand over the mic to Amelia, but thank you everyone. You're in Breakfast with Champions. Follow the club. 
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.